there was an idea that two nerdy pastors would come together and geek out about the things they love. Welcome to the Pastors Assemble Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pastors Assemble Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Coco, and with me, as always, is my buddy, Sinister Minister. David, how you doing this morning? Hey, y'all doing cold, but loving it. Yeah, what temperature is it in Kentucky this morning? Um, when I woke up, it was like in the 20s, so I don't know what it is now. It was cold. It is 48 here right now, which is cold for us because it was high of 80 like two days ago, so... Awesome. Yeah, I took my son. That's when we. So I used to live down south. I used to live in Florida. Okay. Uh, And when I moved there, it was in December. We moved from Northeast Ohio to St. Petersburg, Florida. And the day we left, it was 68 uh, when we arrived in Florida, but we left uh, 17 degrees with ice and snow on the ground. So we arrive uh, in the, the upper 60s in Florida, and they are in jackets and gloves, talking about lighting a fire when they get home. <laughs> I'm in shorts and a t-shirt and just loving it. Um, my blood thinned out, though. Yeah, yeah it was mid, mid to low 50s yesterday. So I took my son to daycare because we started, he, his daycare opened up Wednesdays now, so he goes three days a week now. So I took him... Mm-hmm at nine like i drop him off around nine o'clock and then i came home and i came in the house and it had started raining or no i didn't come home i went to physical therapy and it had started sprinkling right before i went in and then by the time i got in the lobby it had started raining and then by the time i got into the therapy room it was pouring down rain and my therapy sessions last like an hour and so when i go to leave Mm -hmm. it's still pouring down rain but it was still like mid 70s and I drove home, and it was still, like, mid-70s, and I went inside. And then, like, 30 minutes, maybe an hour later, I went to pick up. We ordered lunch from somewhere. I went to pick it up. And when I opened the door, it was, like, 55. <laughs> I had dropped, like, 20 degrees in 45 minutes. So, and it's... I love it. Yeah, I do, too. I, I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt yesterday when it was low 50s, and I was just loving it. I am wearing pants So today, what is your favorite but... time of year? When it's cold. <laughs> when it's cold, yeah, it doesn't matter, uh, just as long as yeah, it's cold. Yeah, if we get a random, like, some weird storm in, like, May, and we have one day where it's in the 50s, I'm like, yes, this is the best day ever. Yeah, I just, it, and it sounds, people always make fun of me because I live in Texas and I have my whole life, and I don't really have any plans to move anywhere else unless the Lord just specifically calls me somewhere else. But I love cold weather, which... It makes me sound like an idiot for staying in Texas because we don't get a ton of it compared to other places. But I'm a sure. very warm-natured person, so like even when it's cold outside, I'm still hot most of the time. That's changed a little bit since I have been going through chemo and stuff. I, I get colder easier, and as I've gotten older, I get colder a little easier. But still, I would rather it be cold as much as humanly possible. So, well, My wife is from the... Um Upper Lower Peninsula of Michigan. Um, okay, if gotcha. we have any, yeah. So Michigan not, is not the UP. But uh, the a couple of peninsulas. The, the top no, of the yes, lower, the top lower. of the mitten. 
top of the mitten, right near the ring finger, top of the uh, last knuckle of the ring finger. Gotcha. Uh, for those of you that understand <laughs> what I'm talking about, God bless you. Uh, Traverse City area. Anyway, okay. um, she was not uh, thrilled about going to Florida because she loves snow. And I remember her praying that, dear Lord, let everybody have six heads and spit venom out of their mouth when we go into this uh, interview process. Uh, and then she cried the entire way home because she knew that's where we needed to be. That and she was um, great with child. Our first was on his way. And uh, the hormones and, oh, so much fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Some people just like cold weather. Some people like hot weather. I just like fall. Fall is I mean, nice. It's, fall is a nice. There's this house they've been working on here in our town, uh, slowly rebuilding it. And there's a tree in the front yard that is just this perfect shade of orange and yellow right now. It's so beautiful. My daughter and I were talking about it. Yesterday, after I picked her up from school, just pretty. I love it. I love fall. Yeah, a few years ago, which I think it's been six years now, uh, I think our daughter was two, uh, my sister and brother-in-law had moved to Connecticut to work at this okay. um, school that has had a boarding house for some, because they had a bunch of international students, and so they had... Um, one semester they had Chinese girls living with them, and then the other one they had mostly. Uh, the next time they had students, they had predominantly Chinese boys, and there was a couple of one from the Middle East and one from like Northern Africa, I think, or Southern Africa, maybe. Can't remember where he was from. Uh, but anyway, so they had moved up there, and they were basically house parents, but they didn't live in like a dorm. They lived in this really multi-story beautiful old house so we went to see them we went on spring break which was fine but then we went back that october and i I've, don't know that i've seen a place more gorgeous than connecticut in the fall it was fantastic like the colors of the trees yeah, and stuff because we don't get that here like yes our leaves change <laughs> but it's like Hey, they're kind of greenish yellow, then they're orange, and then they're on the ground. Like, <laughs> like in Connecticut, like all the leaves change, and then they stay on the trees for a few weeks before they eventually fall. Like here in Texas, right. like you're lucky if you get like a day of seeing. Oh, the leaves are kind of changing, and then they're brown on the ground. Like, because <laughs> it's you know, like this October it was 80 degrees most days, so the leaves don't handle that too well once they start changing. So. Well, I wanted to say something first off before we got into our normal banter. I wanted to say happy anniversary to you. You just celebrated a big anniversary, not your wedding anniversary, but your work anniversary at the church that you serve at. And yeah. you said you've been there for 10 years? Yes, sir. That's... As of uh, Monday. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. Thank you. And Thank you. Uh, the church is, I don't know, it's, I, I love the fact that I've been able to be here 10 years, and I, I pray that God will give me many, many more years here. Um, I, I think there's something about longevity in the ministry. Um, the statistics that I've heard before, you know, the average minister is at a church for right around three and a half years. Uh, the average youth minister is just at two years. Um, I, I hope those numbers are no longer accurate, but I, I think there's some uh, 
ability to be more effective uh, when we're at a church. And there's definitely um, uh, opportunities to become complacent as well. But 10 years, it's, it, it, it's just a community that my wife and I and kids, we love. We love it here. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I've been thinking about this since you mentioned it earlier this week. And I, I wanted to ask you, this isn't on our notes, but I wanted to ask you because I was just curious. How do you sure. stay, like, what is it for you that you do to to make sure you're staying not complacent and where also you're not just preaching the same thing that you've preached over and over again? Because 10 years in front of the same congregation, like, that's that's a lot of, yeah. a lot of Sundays and Wednesdays that you're preparing and having to, to speak to the same people, so. Yeah, uh, so... I've been in ministry 21 years this past summer, and I'm not going to lie and say I've never preached the same sermon twice. No, of course not. Um, I have. Um, I haven't, I haven't been anywhere 10 years, and I've done that. So. <laughs> uh, I've preached, so I, I could preach through, um, I'll say a text like the book of James, mm-hmm. right? I could preach through that for an entire year. And never preach the same message twice. True. Yeah. Um, it's. I think there's. So I, I teach preaching uh, on occasion at uh, Louisville Bible College. Mm-hmm. Uh, plug for a small little independent Christian school, um, and I'm honored to be on staff there. But uh, one of the things I, I really try to hammer home to my students is, while there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, a sermon that I preach might not really sound that much different from uh, another preacher's sermon. Another sermon, let's say I listen to uh, a Rick Warren sermon, for instance. Um, The issues that he might deal with or bring up are not necessarily the issues that we have, so everything has to be uh, uh, tailored. Now, I I can't tell you the last time I listened to a Rick Warren sermon. It's probably been 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, when Purpose Driven Life came but, out. Yeah, probably something uh, in that time frame. Um, I, I really just try to focus on what I'm doing and not what everybody else is yeah, doing. Yeah, of course. I mean, I couldn't tell you uh, what sermon series is going on at any churches around me. Um, I couldn't tell you what this church is singing or, or preaching or anything like that. I, I really try to focus on, hey, here's God's Word, which is uh, typically I, I preach through a book of the Bible at a time. Uh, very rarely do I do topical sermons. Now, right now, at the end of the year, there's a lot of topical stuff. I just did a topical series on, uh, we, we called it Fright Nights, um, which I, I will buy my graphics uh, and some of the concepts, uh, illustrations through groups like Ministry Pass, mm-hmm. um, but the actual sermon construct and the lessons that I teach, they're all, they're all mine. Yeah. Um, and I just find what fits my community because our needs are very different from what's going on in, say, Louisville, which is just, you know, 20 uh, mile or 30 miles down the road. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, and I'm not, this sounds like I'm bragging, but I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying something that has been said to me. Go ahead, man, brag. (laughs) Uh, One of the reasons that 
my wife, Crystal, was interested in me to begin with is because we met at summer camp. There's a camp called Super Uh Summer here in Texas that's... It was designed originally to be a summer camp for your leadership students. Uh, And their motto was, send us your best and we'll send them back better. It was... It was designed to be for like your best and brightest student leaders in your youth group to come and have a camp with other students that were leaders and, you know, more advanced in like their knowledge of the Bible and their faith and like farther along in their faith journey and stuff. As is normal with churches, lots of churches saw this really cool camp and would bring whoever, not just their leadership students. So that it didn't stay that exactly. Uh, but I went, so, uh, when I was in seminary, I started pastoring this small church that was like 45 minutes from Waco. Little bitty spot in the road. Literally, there's nothing left in this little community except for three churches. That's basically all that's left. And then people that grew up in the area when it was bigger and then all moved away and raised their kids. And then when they all got older and retired and their kids grew up, they all moved back. Uh, so there's literally, there were three churches that were all basically in the same parking lot. So <laughs> there was... Uh, a church across across the street and then on the side of the street that my church was at which was the Baptist church there was a community church on the other side of the outdoor tabernacle which was the old Methodist church that had rebranded themselves mm-hmm. as the community church so there were three churches all in this like 50 yard or you know this triangle <laughs> literally across the road from each other uh, and they always did everything together, so I never really figured out why they, like, they did everything together. They spent all their time together, and then, you know, you have these small denominational differences that made, there's a community of, you know, 40 people, but there's three churches or whatever. Uh, but, uh, so when I went there, there was a few random youth in that church like most of my congregation was above 60 but then there was like three or four kids that were you know junior high high school age and they said this is where we go to camp and so the first year i went as a it's they're called team leaders which are basically adult chaperones that guide the small group discussions for post teaching sessions at the camp uh so i did that for two years and then they the people that I had been working with. So everyone split up into different schools, which is basically by grade level. Uh, So the people in my school, those two, after my second year, they encouraged me to apply to be one of the like head teachers of a school. They're called deans and assistant deans is what they're called. Uh, So the next year, which is the year I met my wife, I was the assistant dean for yellow school, which is, I think kids going into 10th grade or maybe they just finished 10th grade I can't remember which one which Uh, I was teaching and she was coming to recruit for her job which was a missions organization that sends students overseas to work with active missionaries in the field and so she was there to recruit and so my dean introduced me to her and said hey he's going because I was going on the trip the week after that that her organization was sending and so she met me at first she thought I was like one of the TLs not the dean and so I just happened to be teaching that day 
And so she came in and listened to me teach. And I was teaching on Jonah. And for this particular session, like, I've done both. I've done, like, multiple weeks on Jonah. But this one, I went through the entire book of Jonah in one message. Uh, Mm -hmm. But when we got done, she said, I enjoyed your sermon. I actually learned something. (laughs) And so... I made fun of her, like, I kind of poked fun to her, like, do you not normally learn anything when you (laughs) listen to somebody preach? But she explained to me later, like, I brought up something in that sermon that she had never heard before in 30-something years of occasionally hearing Baptist preachers preach about Jonah. And so I, I have heard that from several people over the years that, I bring out things that they had never heard before from passages that they've heard preached several times. And I don't think it's anything like special about me. I think that God has just given me like a special way of looking at life in general. And so I bring that to scripture. And so it makes my sermons different than what other people's sermons are sometimes. But, you know, you brought up about longevity it's it seems in the baptist world to go one way or the other like as far as head Mm -hmm. pastors you either have a pastor who's there for six months or you have one who's there for decades like and there doesn't usually seem to be a lot in between like the pastor that was working here at the church that i'm the music minister at now when he left last may not this past may but a year ago may he had just celebrated his 25th year, like his 25th anniversary of being the pastor of this church. Awesome. And awesome. That was like that was really new for me cuz growing up none of my pastors were at our, had been at our church for that long. Uh right. And I you know, I went through multiple pastors growing up and I was only at two different church like when I was a kid at the first church we were at, the guy had been the pastor for probably 10 or 15 years. Uh, and he just got, he had a lot of health issues and he got so sick that he just couldn't do it anymore. But then after that, the pastor that took his place was only there for, I think, like 18 months or something like that. We, we left before he came. But I think he was only there for like a year or two maybe before he was gone. And then... The second church we went to was a church that my granddad had pastored when I was a baby. And he, my granddad was there for eight years. And then the guy that followed him was only there for, I think, three or four years. Because it's very hard to follow a pastor who has longevity. Because people have been there for so long under a certain type of teaching, a certain type of leadership. So usually once someone's been there a long time, the next pastor most of the time is not there very long because it's really hard it's kind of a it's almost like a reset button like the the new pastor like resets the congregation they may only be there for six months a year 18 months whatever and then the next one might have a chance to be there a long time but it really just depends so but i was just curious how you approach that i know i've been doing this college ministry now for five years and I think I have already repeated some passages not sermons but like preached on the same passages just because 
I mean, it's college ministry. You know, every four years you're going to have new yeah, students. New so, I mean, I, I have gone back and preached. Well, thing. you're going to have that one student that's been at the college the career, for like the nine years. Yeah. yeah, we had uh, one guy like that <laughs> at the college I went to that everybody knew him. Yeah, my parents have a friend. His name is David Ramsey, which I doubt he'll ever hear this. But hi, David, if he does hear it. <laughs> he, every time we, we would run into him in Walmart, and my parents had known him. I mean, they met him when he, when they were in college. Every time they ran into him when I was growing up, he would be talking about how he was going back to school to get another degree in something or other. So I think he was in school for like 15 years or something. Well, I do desire to go back to school and get another degree. Um, right now, I have my master's, and I'm planning on going back for a PhD. Um, I, I think ministers should. Uh, I don't know if your buddy David or your parents' friend David was a minister or not, but I, I think ministers should really push themselves as far as they can academically. Uh, constantly, we, we should never be at a place where Yep, I've learned all I need to do. Now, that doesn't necessarily just mean you have to learn in an academic setting, yeah. but we should constantly be reading. We should constantly be growing. And I think that's one of the things that helps limit our um, our uh, – it limits that temptation to just be repetitive. Yeah. There are definitely uh, phrases that I have in my sermons that when I say them, okay, you know what's coming next. <laughs> uh, you, you know you know where my... I usually pray after the intro in my sermon, and one of the things that I always pray is that God would use me to speak faithfully and true His words. Yeah. Uh, or speak His words faithfully and true. Always. That That is always in there because that that's something that always needs to be there as a minister. Yeah. And then... Um, uh, towards the end of the sermon, you know, I'll make that that shift uh, for that um, call for a decision to be made. And you know where it's yeah. going at that time. And some people just go ahead and start, all right, uh, we can check out now. We can pack up, <laughs> get my Bible. Yeah, we can get, we can get our stuff together. together, yeah, and get ready. Yeah. So there's going to be certain ticks like that. But I, I think to some degree, uh, ministry needs to be treated much like a marriage mm-hmm. and seen like a marriage. My wife and I, we've been married. Uh, we'll be celebrating 21 years next month. And um, one of the things that we were at um, a band event the other night and somebody said something and it was the beginning of a song. It was a student who didn't know the song. Uh, and they were just, um, it was like, hey, tell me what you want. And Julie and I, both separated from each other, said, what you really, really want. And, and we just, it was just one of those moments where like, oh dear, my, my parents are embarrassing me if my kids have been around. Uh, because we both totally went there uh, with the song and we finished each other's sentences and stuff like that. All, all those cliche things. Uh, but I think that happens in the ministry as well. Uh, we, we put in... Um, and build this relationship with the churches that we serve. Uh, and I'm very careful. I'm very, I, I try to be very intentional about not, about not saying my church because it's not mine. I didn't die for it. Um, it it's it's Christ's church, and I am, I am honored to be able to serve it. Um, 
and that's just like maybe me being pedantic. I've been told I'm pedantic on that. So that's okay. If there's something I'm going to be pedantic on, I'm okay with that being it. At any rate. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's worse there, things you there's can be that, a stickler about for sure. So. Yeah. So I love building into this um, relationship with the church and the church encouraging and building right back into us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. When it's When church ministry is working as it's intended to, there's not anything much better than I've experienced. It really... Right. Um, it really it can be a wonderful thing. It also is at times a really hard thing, but it oh, definitely yeah. and when it's functioning the way that I think God intended church community to work, it's a it's a beautiful beautiful thing for sure. All right. Well, I know that that's not our normal content, but I thought that that was important to to recognize that milestone. Pastors assemble. We are pastors, so you know uh, I like to. There might be a random pastor that finds this and thinks. Maybe there's good pastoral advice, so we should we should give them some every once in a while, and then they can tune us out because we're stay too the course. That's, <laughs> they're too. That's my advice. Too, stay the they're course. They're too childish. <laughs> they're talking about comic books. I'm not listening to this crap. So if we put the pastor stuff at the beginning, then they can tune out if they think that comic books are a waste of time. Which I know I've ran into plenty of people that think so. Which I was telling my wife yesterday, you know. There, there's always like this subset of people that are like, quit wasting your time playing video games and reading comic books. It's a waste of time. Grow up and do a real job, and you'll never make a dime off of that. Well, as of yesterday, <laughs> we have currently made a dollar and like seven cents from advertising <laughs> for this very podcast. So we have made ten times a dime. Thank you very much, all you doubters out there that said grow up and stop playing video games. Take that. Uh, so, <laughs> well, I, I thank you for doing setting all that up because I got no clue about it. I haven't looked into any of that. I don't know where any of that comes from. I'll just talk and answer questions and, and it's all good, uh, man. Throw out my... You know, if, you know, it's not gonna. We're not gonna like get rich off of it anytime soon, or maybe ever. But the you know anchor offered to give us an ad spot, and I said, well, I don't mind endorsing the thing that's making this podcast possible. So. We can do sure. that. It's fifteen dollars CPM, which is cost per mill, which is basically we get fifteen dollars per a thousand listens or a thousand plays. <laughs> so I guess that means we've had like a hundred, like fifty plays or a hundred plays, something like that, since we started that. Sweet. But we did break two hundred total listens this past week, uh, and we're. We're sitting around, I think we're averaging like 25 unique listeners a week, which for a show awesome. that's less than 10 episodes in, I feel like that's that's pretty solid. Uh, these last, I still need to get back in these get last my sinister two, Sunday yes, school you going. Do. You need to get Sunday school going again. I know. Uh, I, had, I had like... You had a busy October I was, year, so... I've had a busy fall, yeah. or at least school, beginning of the year. Yeah. But... You know, our last two episodes, like, my wife was like, you gotta get it shorter, it's too long, two hours is too long to listen to, but our last two episodes that have both been two hours have gotten to 20 plays faster than any of the other episodes, and, like, like if you look at them as far as, like, time they've been up versus how many plays there are, like, the last two episodes have been the most popular, as far as I can tell, so, apparently they don't mind if we talk a while, or maybe they just listen to what they like and then turn it off, which is fine with me. You know, yeah, I don't the, know what I don't know what. Uh, well, 
Anchor gives us like the average listen time, and I think it's around like mm-hmm. twenty five or thirty minutes. But <laughs> our but our sample size is so small that you can't really put any stock in that right now. Like, because like I said, right. we have, I think we're averaging twenty five to thirty unique listeners every week. So that means like you know if somebody turns it on and hears, oh they really are pastors. I don't want to listen to this and turns it off after two minutes, and then somebody else listens to the whole two hours that automatically puts the listen time at one hour. So when there's only 30 people, like it's going to skew the average really quickly. So, you know, a sample size is too small to really put much stock in the average listen time right now. Once we have more listeners, then it'll, it'll even out and be more, more accurate for sure. But I'm not worried about it. I'm loving what we're doing. I'm enjoying these conversations. It's been a ton of fun for me. Uh, And we have people out there that support us and, we're mad when we had to miss a week and had to wait. Yes. They had to wait two weeks for an episode. Oh man, I was looking forward to a new episode. So, you know, uh, we have friends that are supporting us. We have friends that are looking forward to our episodes every week, and that, more importantly, it's 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 good for my heart and my soul to get to to have these conversations and get it out there and stuff. So, uh, we're just Indeed. gonna keep doing what we do, and you know, it'll grow as it grows. That's it's the way I do college ministry, and it's the way I'm going to do my podcast. Like, people are always telling me that they're praying that our college ministry would grow, and I was like, I don't. I pray that God would bring the students to our college ministry that need to be there. And if that's four, then it's four. If it's 40, it's 40. I don't care how many are there. I'm going to minister to the ones that show up. So it doesn't matter right. to me how many there are. So Just want to be effective in what I have. Exactly. Alrighty, so we got a ton of stuff to go over, which we don't have to go over all of it, but there's a lot of a lot of stuff since last week that I found. So you brought up this one first because I totally forgot about it, but I went and watched the trailer afterwards. The trailer for Book of Fett has dropped. Yes. Uh, I don't even really have to say a whole lot about it. It's connected to the Mandalorian, and the Mandalorian was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, okay, <laughs> can't wait, yeah. can't wait for December, like. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, I, I know it's going to sound horrible. I wasn't that excited from the trailer, other than the fact that I, I like the story and I'm going to see where it goes. But I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Let's let's see what happens. Um, yeah, like I after I watched the trailer, really horrible. But no, I felt the same way. Like I watched the trailer and I was like, okay, <laughs> they didn't really give anything away or anything, which is fine with me. I'm not a bounty hunter, is what he yeah, said, right? Like <laughs> I'm like, what, what, so, what, what? Like, I saw what I needed to. Like, uh-huh. Ming Na's character is back, which I wanted more of yes. in Mandalorian. So I'm glad Thrilled. she's back. Yes. And then, to, how do you pronounce his name? To, Timura, Timura. I'll let Morrison? you go for it, man. You got I, I don't it. Know how to pronounce? Go his for name. it. Get it. He's playing you Boba Fett. It. That's really <laughs> yep. all I need to know, <laughs> as far as this show. <laughs> right? And, like, Favreau and the guys that did Mandalorian are behind it. So I'm like, okay, I'm in. Uh-huh. Like, the Mandalorian yeah. was so good. Like, you know, there's been people complaining that Star Wars has been ruined for decades and nothing good ever comes out. If you are one of those people and you haven't watched The Mandalorian because, oh, there's no good Star Wars stuff anymore, go watch that show. It's worth it. Get us get a sample get a who... sample of Disney Plus. If you don't have Disney Plus, get the like one month free or whatever. 
binge watch mm-hmm. both seasons of that show. It is phenomenal. It's so good. I, I, I'll say um, that it is a show that stands without any of the major characters. Yeah, you don't you don't even have to have seen a Star needs... Wars movie really to enjoy that show at all. Right. Uh, it just it was so well done. But if you are uh, a Star Wars fan, then you might have a heart attack at a couple of scenes because it's that good. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. But even yeah. if you've never watched a Star Wars movie, I would watch that show. I'm not even joking. Like, if you are one of those people who's like, I hate Star Wars, I hate sci-fi movies, you should watch this show. If you are a fan of, like, westerns, you should watch Spaghetti this show. Spaghetti westerns, that, like, definitely. It's, yeah. it's basically a western. It really is. Like, yeah. it's, so, it's so good, though. Like, I can't overhype enough how good The Mandalorian is. It is fantastic like it's a fantastic show it just is it's so good and and bryce howard's um bryce dallas howard's um episode that she directed was my absolute favorite of of the whole thing uh that and any of the uh bill maher stuff (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) yeah it's just it's a fun show it is it's super fun it's got Car- it's got Apollo Creed in it for crying out loud. He's fantastic. I love his character. He's so good. But yeah, it's fantastic. It, it it is. That's the only thing I can say. Like I can't even think of other adjectives or whatever to describe it. It's fantastic. Go watch that show, mm-hmm. please. If you have not watched it, go. It's so good. All right. So this next point has evolved because. I put it on when the teaser came out, and they went and dropped another trailer like the next day. Uh, we got some some really good looks at Morbius this week. Oh my! And, Did oh we my! Ever? Yeah, indeed. This. Oh man, I was already so stoked for this movie because I've always been a fan of this character, and now I'm just like over the moon. Like, yes, can it can it be now? Can it be this weekend instead of in a few months? And this might erase some of my uh, my dislike at another character that Leto has played, whose name I will not mention because yeah, <coughs> I, I'm <laughs> I'm looking forward to Morbius and Leto. He looks amazing. He's he's pulling it off. I like it a lot. He looks fantastic. Like I, I yeah. thought that they nailed the look. Uh, it's really cool. So there's so much in this trailer. And every time I watch it, I see more. Or more accurately, once new rock stars pointed out, I'm like, oh yeah, that was in there. <laughs> but there is spider, can, spidey tie-ins out the wazoo in this trailer. Okay, can I be can I be spoilery on Venom Two? Are we we're a couple weeks past it? I mean, uh, I still haven't seen it yet. But if you if you need to or want to, it's okay. I'll, I'll live. All right. But. So I'll, I'll be I'll be cautious with it. Um. The after credit scene for Venom connects it to the Spider-Verse, <coughs> but they've always said that they were going to do that. I'm not telling you how they do that. The Morbius trailer, the original trailer, had two connections to the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. and not simply No Way Home or uh, the Home series. Uh, All of them. Because we had, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, at least two of them. You had that poster uh, with Spider-Man that said murder, but that was 
Tobey yeah, Maguire's Spider-Man. Sure. <laughs> and then we have to deal with the fact that Adrian Toomes, or we don't know if it's Adrian Toomes or not, uh, Michael Keaton shows up at the end of it and says, hey, Doc. Uh, and he's in the new trailer. Oh, it's Adrian Toomes. And then, he's Adrian Toomes. Well, I, for sure. I, I'm assuming that he is. That he is. Um, and then at the, in this trailer, Venom drops that amazing line when he's asked, who are you? He says, I'm Venom. Just kidding. I'm Dr. Michael Morbius at your service. Yeah, uh, but it's, it's, okay. connect, it's so, connected to the McFarlane mm, one, too. Which 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 Venom is he? Is he Topher Grace? Because that's the Spider-Man that we're connected to. Or is it somehow connected to... Because we still don't know if that's actually Adrian Toomes or if it's MCU Adrian Toomes or what. So I'm like super geeked out uh, and stoked for how in the world they're going to... It's possible that this is this Morbius is from a different multiverse and they're all going to get sucked in and and join the fun and i'm just like so like this is going to be awesome i don't know what it is but it's gonna be awesome i have i don't know that i've been more excited for two movies than i am for morbius and no way home because it feels so earlier this year aw the wrestling company started using this phrase opening the forbidden door because they started working with other companies and using people that were not contracted to them that were contracted to other companies, which has allegedly been like this big taboo thing in wrestling for a long time. I feel like that might be happening with this whole Sony Spider-Verse and the MCU universe because there's tie-in, which I, I could be wrong, Michael Keaton might not be playing the MCU Vulture in this movie. But in the Morbius trailer, there are tie-ins to all three Spider-Mans. Because, well, if if Michael Keaton I missed is playing, Andrew Garfield's tie-in. So, it's subtle. I didn't, I didn't catch it the first time, but New Rockstars pointed this out. There is a shot of the Oscorp building in the trailer. Really, and the uh, the logo on the Oscorp building is the logo from the Amazing Spider-Man movies, the Oscorp logo. Huh. So, and then like the graffiti on the wall is is Toby's suit. You can, I mean, it, it's obvious. It's Toby's yeah, totally. Suit. So, if Keaton is playing Adrian Toomes, which I think he is, maybe not, but that would be really weird to bring him in and him not be playing Adrian. Toomes. He could be Adrian Toomes and just not. MCU version. Well, that's true because it shows him on the street, and MCU right. Tombs is in jail. Are allegedly. you? Are you sure he's on the street? It looks like he could he was, be like doing some not. kind of work release program. True, a work release he program could, could work. He could be in jail still. That's true. Uh, uh-huh. I don't think you should put super villains on work releases, but you know, whatever. Or <laughs> they could. It just could be the way that it's cut. Well, as that's well. true too. I mean, they could be walking. They could be walking him into jail, walking uh, Morbius into jail, because we know Morbius is going to get in trouble with the law. That's true. <laughs> it's, speaking, it's kind speaking of, of Morbius getting in trouble with the law. So on the newspaper headline, it talks about him being arrested for vampire murders or whatever. On that newspaper article, there's also references to Rhino and Black Cat, which might just be Easter eggs, but I. That made me super happy to see. So, so there's so much, there's so much in this Morbius trailer. Like it makes me want to go watch it again just to see if there's any other things. 
which there's also well, Horizon Rhino, Labs. Is, Rhino Horizon be... Labs is also in the trailer briefly, which is a big. They're a big part of the Spider-Man lore um, involved with the, some of his. Other the only version of Rhino we got. Stuff, so. The only version of Rhino we got was in the uh, Garfield Spider-Man. True. Which is kind so. of a take on Ultimate Rhino, I think, but mm-hmm. uh, which is not my favorite, but it's you know it's there. Uh, there's yeah. nothing wrong with having Rhino around. So. Nope. Alrighty, that was yeah the Morbius trailer is insane. There's so much, and I'm so excited for both of those movies that are coming, and we don't have to wait that much longer for them either. So that's that's fun. We have to wait even less time for Eternals, hopefully. I'm hoping I'm going to get to see it this weekend. But. Ah, I'm going to go see it. <laughs> I said last night I just, I, that I really wish I could go see it, and my wife goes, I guess you can. <laughs> I was like, okay, now I have to figure out when I have a spare three hours, and my wife doesn't need the vehicle because we only have one car. So. Well, my wife said she wanted to go see it Friday, so I guess I'm going to go see it tomorrow. Nice. We'll see. I have two small children that somebody has to take care of in order for us to do that, so it's a little trickier for us to. Thankfully, my kids away. aren't so small anymore. Yeah. Alrighty, so let's jump into some some news. Uh, there's some new Marvel comics heading our way. The first yeah. one that I saw, <laughs> and I I know not everybody is like super up to date and reading all the comics. I'm not, but I just thought it was cool to. I think it's cool to highlight some of the stuff that's coming. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Immortal Hulk just finished up, or is finishing up. I can't remember if the last issue came out yet or not. But I saw a preview this week for the new Hulk series that they're starting up post-Immortal Hulk. And it is coming from Donny Cates and Ryan Otley. So, Donny Cates, uh, as far as I know, is best known for his run on Venom that preceded King in Black. Mm-hmm. That he did with... Ryan Stegman, is that the guy's name that was the yes. artist? Uh, but Ryan Otley, which I haven't read this or watched it yet, but everybody's been talking about it a lot. If you don't know the name Ryan Otley, Ryan Otley is the person who drew Invincible, the Robert Kirkman comic that is a superhero comic that everybody's been talking about that's now an Amazon Prime animated show. Uh, now see, there, and he's the co-creator. I, I talked to somebody about this. Or is what they said in the, the announcement anyway. There's an older version of Invincible. Yeah. Uh, from like back in 04. Oh, uh, an animated animated series. Really? And I remembered watching it. Everybody's like, no, no, it doesn't exist. You're you're wrong. It's only no no no. There's there's an older version. Uh, and same series, essentially. Um, I haven't watched any of the new ones, so I can't I heard it's fantastic. I, it's the same yeah, I've heard good things about it, but I haven't watched it. I have a, fr- I I have a friend that. that said it's maybe his favorite comic series he's ever read, his Invincible, but I have mm-hmm. not read any of it yet. I hear it's very good. Okay, Kirkman um, is more than zombies. Yeah, Kirkman, Kirkman's done some good stuff for sure. So the next thing that is coming soon, I think it comes out in December, uh, is the comic version of the new Wastelanders Hawkeye series. I don't know if it's the same story as the audio show or if it's a different story, but Hawkeye number one is supposed to come out in December, I believe. 
Uh, it's being written by the guy who wrote the original Old Man Hawkeye series that came out of Old Man Logan. So, but it's about him training with Stick, which in this universe is mm-hmm. is Matt Murdock. So, should be fun. Uh, I really enjoy that character. Uh, I really enjoy the Old Man Logan universe, the Wastelanders universe. It's a neat, neat thing for sure. There's a new Iron Fist series coming out. So, at the end of the last run of Iron Fist or last big story event they did with Iron Fist Danny loses the the Iron Fist apparently and thought it was gone forever and then this series is about uh, a new person showing up that appears to have the the Iron Fist so should be interesting uh, see where they go with that see if it's actually the Iron Fist or if it's something else or something like that so I've really I really enjoy the Iron Fist comics that I've read. There's a run, uh, the first like 12 issues of The Immortal Iron Fist is a really cool uh, Danny Rand run. It made me fall in love with that character, so I would suggest you check that out. Uh, And there's a new Ghost Rider series coming out as well. Uh, And I don't know if you've seen the cover image by chance online, but the motorcycle that he's on looks so cool it looks kind of like it's like almost like it's modeled after like a bat cycle from batman or something like it's just really cool like, i have not seen it i saw the really uh, iron like, fist no more yeah. the ghost rider motorcycle. it's like this really cool like futuristic looking like it almost looks like the outer casing of like the animated series batman batmobile like it just it doesn't necessarily look like much. it just it just has a really cool look to it, but also I'm looking so <laughs> 2022 Marvel has and I don't know what this means but I saw this poster that they had made that had all the different uh, spirits of vengeance on it that said 2022 is the year of vengeance so next year 2022 is the 50th anniversary of Ghost Rider so apparently Marvel's gonna mm-hmm. have a lot of fun stuff for for that to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Ghost Rider so if you are a fan of Robbie and Johnny and Kushala and all the other spirits of vengeance then you can look forward to some stuff for that and then there is a new Moon Knight series which there's a Moon Knight TV show coming to Disney Plus in the near future or maybe distant future I can't remember when it's supposed to come out uh, which I'm super stoked about that show because Oscar Isaac is playing Mark Spector. So that's going to be super fun for all you newer Star Wars fans that don't hate everything that comes out that's post-original trilogy. <laughs> uh, Oscar Isaac that played Poe Dameron is going to play Moon Knight in the Disney Plus show. Which there's speculation now, I saw this last week, there's speculation that Mahashrala Ali, I think I said his name right, uh, yes. that his blade might debut in that Moon Knight series, so that would be awesome if that. I've heard this as if well. If that is the case, that would be really cool. Uh, and then the guys that wrote Ecstatics or one of the Ecstatics runs, they are coming back and they are doing more in their Ecstatics run, which is another X team that has Dead Girl and a bunch of other like really off the wall random characters. So. If you are an X-Men fan, that that might be something you want to look into. So, just for my buddy Kelly, I wanted to make sure we included some DC news. So, I went and checked for DC news as well. So, 
there's a this is from dc kids so i just wanted to point it out because it sounded yeah fun. there's a book coming out called batman robin and howard uh so when i saw that on the notes i'm like what is that so, i don't what are you talking so about? it's a kid's book and it's about it's damian wayne is robin in this book yes batman's son with uh talia right mm-hmm yes. and so Howard is a kid at Damien's school, and it's a it's a kid's book about elementary yeah, school. Yeah, it's a kid's elementary It's a school. kid's book about Damien and Howard, and they have a conflict at school, and it's I think it's to teach kids about conflict resolution or something. It sounded they're like, essentially rivals yeah, and it, competitors yeah, and sounded, everything. I just, I just saw it and I thought I'd point it out because I thought it was fun. I I got this image of oh they're setting up hush <laughs> for Damien. <laughs> But wait a second! <laughs> this is a kid's story. <laughs> so I just so to yeah, yeah. When they it, when they get to middle school, it'll get it all darker. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. As so. all things do in middle school. Uh, some other stuff that DC has coming out. There's a new book called Task Force Z, uh, which mm-hmm. sounds kind of like Suicide Squad, but opposite, I guess. Like, so basically, there's this Task Force Z is this thing where. They've set it up where, like, they can resurrect dead <laughs> villains to, like, fight for them. as like these reanimated zombie supervillains or whatever. Uh, and so the team is Red Hood, Arkham Knight, Sundowner, Man Bat, Mr. Bloom, and Bane. And so basically they get brought back to life to try and do something. I can't remember exactly what the solicit said, but... It said one of the things the solicit said was instead of trying to earn their freedom, they're trying to earn their life. So like, I think it is implying like if they do this mission that they can like, you know, be brought back to life permanently or something like that. Uh, <laughs> it just it was off the wall enough that I was like, I need to bring this up. So, <laughs> so it sounded interesting. I like several of those characters. Uh, I love Red Hood and Bane and Man Bat's fun as well. So. Thought that was yes. worth mentioning if that's I have something you want to look into. Man bat, some man bat art <coughs> on my wall, actually. Nice. Signed by Neil Adams, the creator of Man Bat. Oh, very neat. That is awesome. Yes. He's he's super friendly. <laughs> uh, so branching off of our Batman and Dracula, uh, apparently there's a series out right now or coming out shortly. I think it's already started, but that's DC mm-hmm. versus Vampires. So I saw a picture of Hal with vampire fangs. Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern. So mm-hmm. I, I think it was Hal. I don't yeah, know. I think this been, is the but... answer to um, Marvel Zombies. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <laughs> um, but it started, I think it started last month. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure uh, when it came out, but I just saw a picture of it when I was looking through stuff. Something else that I thought, we brought this up, we talked about him last week so i thought this was cool to see uh dc has a new imprint which imprints are basically publishing company labels that are housed under a existing company uh so it's dc comics but it's published under this other name and it's the hill house collection which is an imprint from joe hill which is stephen king's son uh and i think we talked about last week i think there's five different series uh, coming in the in that collection, and I think he's writing two of them. So if you like Stephen King, you like Joe Hill, uh, you definitely want to check that out. 
which I didn't mention last week because I couldn't remember at the time whether or not it was him or not. I didn't want to say that and look like a dummy. Uh, but if you have not read Joe Hill's book Nosferatu, you need to read that book. It's fantastic. Uh, it's now a TV series that was on AMC originally, I think. Uh, it's available on Hulu. I haven't watched the series yet, but the book is fantastic. It was. It's one of the my favorite horror books that I've read. It was. It was very very good. So. Uh, and then the last thing I saw for DC, which I thought was funny because you and I just talked about Dungeons and Dragons the other day when we were going to record and ended up not being able to. Uh, there's a series called Dark Knights of Steel coming out that is mm-hmm. basically an Elseworld style story that's a sword and sorcery superhero <laughs> story. So I, I'm looking forward to, to reading that someday. I'm in. It, it sounds awesome. Uh, if you've never read any of the DC Elseworlds stuff, they there's some really cool store, some really cool things. Elseworlds is basically their was their multi. It's basically their version of the What If comics, uh, but there's one that takes place in the Old West, and there's all all different kinds of alternate universe stories. The that, medieval one was probably my yeah, favorite. There's a medieval uh, one, which basically this is what this one is is medieval era. So sword and sorcery stuff uh fantasy stuff so should be a fun time for sure i i think it'll be i think it'll be a blast Alrighty, um i wanted to do kind of an addendum uh, to our halloween conversation uh because mm-hmm. i forgot a couple of things and i've seen some things since then that i thought were worth bringing up uh, so the first thing, and I can't believe I didn't bring it up last week, and it's it's not a comic book. There might be a comic book adaptation either now or coming in the future, but there is a series uh, by Peter Kleins called X Heroes. Uh, and if you have not read it or have not heard of it, and you're a fan of zombies or a fan of superheroes, or if you are like me and a fan of Marvel Zombies, you need to read this series. So this series is about a world where... There's superheroes, uh, but the world goes through this apocalyptic zombie outbreak thing. And some of the superheroes become zombies. And I won't say anything else, really, because I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't read it. It's so good. I think it's five books. And I don't want to spoil... Yeah. I don't want to spoil book three. I think it's book three, for those that haven't read it. But the way that it starts is a nod to another series that we have talked very fondly about on this show in a, in a unique way. And so if you enjoyed that, you would enjoy this. I don't want to spoil it because it, it, like, when I read it, I was like, what am I reading? What is going on? Is this the same? Like, did I pick the wrong book up? But it's so good. Uh, it's it's a really fantastic series. I would encourage anybody that that likes horror stuff, that likes zombies, that likes superheroes, that you should you should give it a read. It's very 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 good. Uh, David, have you read any of those, or have you heard of it before? Were you are you familiar? No, with I, um, no, I, I'm kind of drawing a blank. Um, yeah, not a clue. So I found it by accident. So I went to our public library. And I've heard for a long time people ranting and raving about Ready Player One. And I've been wanting to read it. 
Well, Ready Player One is by a guy named... Is his first name Ernest, I think? Ernest Klein, with no S. So uh -huh. I, I went there to, to find that book, and it was checked out. And next to it was Klein's, with an S. And I see it says X-Heroes. And I'm like, what is that? I've never heard of that. And I pick it up, and I read it, and it's like, in a zombie ravaged blah, blah 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 these superheroes try to survive to keep the remaining survivor whatever and I'm like okay I'm in <laughs> and so I read it and it was fantastic and so I subsequently read the whole rest of the series it's really good it's got lots of a lot of references to both superhero stuff and horror movies and stuff fantastic read uh, so the next one that I also forgot about that's not necessarily horror or Halloween, but it kind of is because it of what it deals with, uh, is Marvel 1602, which is a alternate universe story, basically, uh, set in the 1600s in England and then in early America. Uh, that is written by Neil Gaiman, so it's no surprise that I, I like it. But... Uh, but it's it's set in the 1600s and it's superheroes and then like the mutants are called witchborn like it it deals with lots of like Salem witch trial type stuff and all that kind of stuff so but it was it's a neat comic because it was penciled by Andy Kubert but then they did something different than what they normally do with comics so like this comic wasn't inked afterwards before it was colorized he, Andy Kubert did the penciling and then they sent it straight to a guy named Richard Eisenhoff and he digitally painted it like in Photoshop so it doesn't get inked beforehand it went straight from pencil to color and so it has kind of a unique look and then the covers were done by a guy named Scott McCowan who does uh, scratchboard art which you've probably done and maybe didn't know what it was like they have lots of little kid things like this so scratchboard is when it has like that thick black paint on it and you scratch yeah. away the black and then like for little kids when it usually has like a rainbow color or whatever under it but regular scratchboard is just white so basically you're doing white lines on black canvas essentially uh, so he did the covers in scratchboard and then they colored them after the fact so they have this really neat look to the covers i don't want to tell a whole lot about the story because i don't want to spoil things but i would encourage you to read it it's a it's a really neat story because neil gaiman is a master storyteller and it like a lot of characters that you love are there just in very different forms than what you're used to seeing so it's pretty neat pretty neat read and then the last thing is not comic related or anything like that but it's just something that i have been watching so there's a new series that came out this Halloween season uh, on Netflix from Mike Flanagan called Midnight Mass. And yes, if you have not watched it, I'm not going to say a whole lot about it because I don't want to spoil it because nobody spoiled it for me and it was quite enjoyable. But if you like horror stuff, you need to go watch that show. Yeah. It's have on you, my list. You haven't watched it yet? Okay. So no, my wife and I have both. So I will we, give we the bare bones description of it, and I will say nothing else because 
I don't want to ruin it for anybody. I've so, watched the trailer. Midnight Mass is about a guy who gets drunk and has a car wreck and kills his fiance or girlfriend. I can't remember if they were engaged or not, but it's the guy that played Matt Saracen on Friday Night Lights, the TV show. He gets drunk and has a like. It starts at this wreck. The very first scene of the show is this wreck scene, and there's this girl lying on the thing, and it shows him like sitting, looking like a drunk guy, and then this cop says something to him about the drunks are always the ones that walk away without a scratch or whatever, and then it quickly goes through like him getting arrested and stuff, and so the show is about him getting out of prison and coming back home to his hometown, which is this tiny little community on this island. I can't remember what the name of the island is, but it's like, there's like, I think maybe 100 people or 140 people or something like that that live on this island. And the same day that he comes back home to this island, a new priest for their Catholic church arrives on the island. And that's all I really want to say because I don't want to spoil anything about the show, but it, it starts a little slow. But by the end of the second episode, you're like, okay, I, I think I'm, I think I'm in. And then by the end of episode three, I was like, okay, I gotta watch the rest of this. What's gonna happen next? Like, it just gets more and more crazy as you watch. It's, and like towards the end, I was like, how can it get more crazy? And then it got crazier again. So, uh, I definitely recommend watching it. And then I actually have watched another one of his series that he did for Netflix since since I wrote that. Uh, I watched another one called The Haunting of Bly Manor, which is a really cool ghost story, if you like ghost stories. Yeah, my wife has watched those. Okay, so which I... Which surprised me, because she's not like a scary person yeah, type. So she, she doesn't... And she watched it. So I will say, Haunting, <laughs> All right. Haunting of Bly Manor is a really good show if you want to watch it with somebody who's not a super big horror fan. It's not mm-hmm. super scary. Like, it really isn't. It's not... There. There's a okay. couple of scary spots, maybe, but overall, it's more kind of a... It's got, like, a creepy, creepy atmospheric thing to it, but it's not really that scary. It's more kind of a mystery. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Now, I have started the other one, which is the first one he did, called The Haunting of Hill House. And yes, she did that one too. The first episode of that one was scarier than the entire Bly Manor series. <laughs> like, I I was watching it the other night because my wife doesn't like horror movies, so I have to watch stuff after she goes to bed. It's the only time I get to watch horror stuff. Mm-hmm. Or if they're all gone from the house. I watched it, and I was scared enough that I wasn't going to bed yet, but I had to watch something else because I was like, I can't watch episode two because I don't know <laughs> if I'll get any sleep or not. I was like, because it jolted me. Like, and it wasn't like the scariest thing ever, but like the way they shot it and the way the first episode ends, I was like, oh, this one's actually going to be scary. And a buddy, I have a buddy, one of my other buddies that's in the comic group chat that Kelly was talking about, his name is Matt. He's already watched it. And he, I was telling him, about watching Bly Manor, and he's like, I'm so glad you're enjoying it. I can't wait for you to watch Haunting of Hill House. And I told him how scared the first one made me, and he was like, yeah, my wife doesn't like him either, and I have to watch, like, in my office with my headphones on because the sound is really good. And he said there's a scene later in the series that scared him so much that he jumped up and, like, threw his headphones across the room. So so that one is legit scary, even to people who are used to watching horror movies, apparently. So uh, I'm looking forward to finishing it uh but the last note that i had is 
actually connected to something we talked about last week. So the next, one of the next TV adaptations that Mike Flanagan, who made all these series we're talking about, uh, he is working on a TV adaptation of Something is Killing the Children, which is one of the comics that Kelly brought up last week yeah. in his Halloween list about the children who are being tormented by this monster and that only the children that have been affected by it can see. So I was super stoked to see to see that because I think that comic sounded pretty cool. So I think a TV adaptation could could really work. So that'll be to be fun to see for sure. And All I right. ended up adding yeah. one I ended up adding one uh, book series to your Halloween addendum list uh, only because I just recently discovered it. Uh, the Dresden Files uh, by Jim Butcher. There's like 20 books in this series. I'd never listened to them before or read them or anything. And they deal with uh, this guy, Harry Dresden, who is a wizard. Mm-hmm. And he's like out in the open type wizard. He's in the phone book as a mm-hmm. wizard in Chicago. And he's fighting vampires and ghosts and goblins and trolls and all these other things that go bump in the night. Um, and I'm just really enjoying the series um, a lot more than I thought I would. It's fantastic. Um, I love it. I love yeah, that series. I've I got, love I've his only writing read, style. Yeah, he's really good. I think I've read the first four, maybe five. I might have read five. I'm now. on the fourth one. I I was getting them from my library, and I was going through them one by one, and then mm-hmm. they didn't have the next one that I was on, and I then I got sick, and I just haven't. I'm sure I could get it through interlibrary loan or something like that, but I just haven't. Mm-hmm. Haven't gone back to it, but I I love that series. The guy that plays in Bike. Well, the guy in the Arrowverse that played Laurel's dad, the cop on Green yeah, Arrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's he, the dad on uh, or he played Jim Dresden in the TV show. There was a TV show on Sci-Fi several years ago of Dresden Files. Uh, and it was only on for one season, but he... I was told to avoid it. <laughs> yeah, it's people that like the books don't like the show. I loved the show because that was the first thing I saw. I had never read the books at that time. I mm-hmm. thought the show was great. And, like, when I read the books now, like, I, I picture him. That, that's who I picture is <laughs> Jim Dresden. Uh, but, yeah, the books are very good. And the first... I can't remember how many they've gotten through now. The first several books have been uh, adapted into graphic novels now. So there's graphic novel versions of the first okay. few books available as well. So And they're pretty good. I've, I've read the first couple graphic novels, and they, they're pretty good too as well. The art's pretty good, and I mean, they did a good job adapting the story. So. And then I added a, a B section to our Halloween addendum. Did you do anything for Halloween? Did you like uh, the, the church you're at? Did they uh, do a... Uh, trunk or treat or anything like that did you hand out candy at your house if so did you dress up what'd you do man so uh the week before on the 24th uh our church Uh did we called it the best pumpkin on the block party uh and we just had a bunch of stuff set up in our parking lot we had a bounce house and uh we had food we cooked hot dogs and we had a pumpkin carving contest and a few Mm -hmm. other games and candy and stuff like that i would think they did a pixie stick walk um which if you're a church goer is like a cake walk except for the kiddos they get those giant pixie sticks uh so 
I did not get to partake in that because I was feeling sure. awful that day, so I ended up not going. And then on Halloween, I also was again not feeling good, uh, so I didn't actually get to go out trick or treating with the kiddos. Uh, my kiddos dressed up as Ladybug and Cat Noir from the cartoon Miraculous, uh, which, if you're not familiar with, is a superhero mm-hmm. style cartoon set in Paris. Uh, it's about this girl that finds uh, this uh, ladybug like brooch, uh, and it's actually something called the Miraculous, and they're these. They're actually, you find out later in the series, some kind of like alternate dimensional beings or something like that, like these little alien things or whatever. Um, but there's all these different like brooches, and each one's a different animal, and they give them like powers or whatever. Um, but my daughter loves it, so her and her little brother were dressed up as two characters from that. Uh, but Halloween ended up being. Um, kind of a cluster because my wife took the kids and we had the Lord's Supper at church that night so uh, my daughter did not get to participate the last time that they had it uh, and so my mm-hmm. wife wanted her to get to participate because um, she I don't think she's actually gotten to do it since she has gotten baptized and stuff so my wife wanted to make sure that she got to go this time so uh, but they moved in an hour earlier uh, so that the kids could have time to trick-or-treat afterwards. Uh, and so they went to that, and then they went as a group with the other kids from church. And they went to one of the family's neighborhood to trick-or-treat first, and then they were going to go grab some food, and then they were going to the neighborhood our pastor's house is in because they were going to be handing out candy, and they were going to trick-or-treat in their neighborhood. Uh, and while they were on the way there, my wife was stopped at a stoplight, and this guy in this big truck rear-ended them and crunched up the back oh. of our car. Uh, and she pulled over into the parking lot to, you know, exchange information with the guy or whatever. Uh, and after she did, he, like, peeled out and took off. <laughs> and Man. our... Our friends were in front of her, and they heard it happen, so they chased the guy down and wrote down his license plate and description of the truck and stuff. So we were able to file a police report and get the, we get the license plate and everything, so that's still in limbo. So the back of our car is crunched up. It's not super terrible. like It, it could have been a lot worse, but... Uh, so my right. wife and kiddo have been pretty sore this last week, but but, but they're but okay. They are okay. Yeah, everybody's okay. Good. So, uh, Good. But so that was that was Halloween for them. I uh, was at home and I guess I was done with midnight mass. So I was watching Haunting of Bly Manor, and then I watched the end of the Cowboys game. But that was my my Halloween. So. What did y'all have a thing at your church on Halloween, or did y'all have it before? Yeah, or, we we do like a trunk or treat, yeah. and the last couple of years we haven't been able to, yeah. um, because of well everything. I guess last year was COVID. Yeah. The year before that was we had a lot of rain. Oh yeah. Uh, so we we had to deal with that, but with uh, trunk or treat, we'll 
small town, so we're expecting like 300, we're hoping for 300 kids. Uh, one of the ladies from church, she um, intentionally bought, um, I think she said 208 full-size candy bars so we could keep numbers that way. We knew that when she got through those, we had crossed over 200. And some of the others um, had brought certain amounts of of items so they could or of candy so they could figure out just how many uh, we had passed. And we have our local police departments involved, our local fire departments involved, and all the, all these different groups are involved. The library is involved with us uh, when we do this um, trunk or treat. But it's always fun. I so I dress up. And I, I'm going to be Batman every single time uh, because because I'm Batman and I got to debut a new bat suit this year, uh, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, I saw the picture but, online. It was it's very well done. Uh, I was impressed. Thank you. Um, I had fun with it. I had a lot of fun with it. But we had over 300 kids, which was wow. just great because it was more than we had last year. Um, and the year before. <laughs> so uh, I was thrilled. And yeah, we yeah, we want to make it as fun as possible. Yeah, we apparently had a really good turnout for the block party, way more than what they were expecting. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, I didn't know you had added that stuff. I didn't go and re-download the show <laughs> notes. I just had it still up from the other day when we were planning to record. So I didn't know you had it, <laughs> but that's all good. Alrighty, are we ready to move on to some MCOC? Yeah, goodness? move on. Alrighty. I hear there's a, I hear there's MCOC stuff going on. There is. So we had a new motion comic released on Monday, which and Champ Spotlights, which now we're recording later, so the new EQ is out as well. But the motion comic was awesome. Uh, they got. I haven't watched it yet. You need to watch it, man. They got. I I usually do. So this time they got the actors from the Eternals movie to voice the characters. So Richard Madden and Jim Chan are the voices of Icarus and Cersei in the motion comic, which was really cool. Uh, Last time we had that was uh, when uh, Spider-Ham came out, right? Yeah, with John. John Mulaney. John Mulaney did the voice for Spider-Ham in the motion comic. I think that was the last uh-huh. time. So that was really neat, and the character models are based off of their likenesses as well. So that's really cool. Which is nice. Uh, I did notice that the main Marvel like Twitter account, entertainment account, tweeted out about this motion comic, which maybe they always do, and I just haven't noticed. But I think that's a really big deal that, you know, sometimes it feels like people are like, they don't care about Marvel Contest of Champions or whatever. But, like, Marvel actually cares about the mobile games that are involved in in their products and their characters and stuff, like... I mean, the main Marvel account was tweeting out, like, check out this motion comic for this game, and I thought that was really neat. Did I see Boss Logic did something? He did. Yeah, I think so. That is awesome. I, I'm like, I'm thrilled with that, him being connected and involved. I think he's the one that designed the loading screen, I think. Very cool. So, Which, that loading screen, if you haven't seen it yet, there's two different ones. There's one with Icarus and there's one with Cersei, but they're the same. Mm-hmm. It's two, one hat. Each one is half of one image. So on Twitter, I can't remember who did it, but somebody has has released it put together to make the one image. It's really it's a really cool picture. But, so the new update's out. So we have our new our beta features, and I just want to say that I called it that, that there might be bugs. 
and there was, there's, and it was quite. There's always going to be bugs. But, I, but that, that's not a fair call. <laughs> well, you and Kelly were like, no, it'll be. It won't be when it's beta. It'll be when it comes out for real. But and maybe this wasn't the beta feature. Maybe this was technically a live feature. But the the special three skip button uh, provided <laughs> provided us some wonderful entertainment this week. Uh, so basically, the the problem appeared to be with champions that grow or shrink during like their mm-hmm. special animations. Uh, so I saw some videos of Gigantoid Apoc beating up poor Winter Soldier in, in Realm of Legends because you know if you've seen Apoc Special Three, he grows up into this like giant size. Well, when you skip the Special Three. He wouldn't shrink back down, <laughs> so like he would be taking up the whole screen and sitting there like whacking Winter Soldier in the head with his big blade gun arm thing that Apoc has. Uh, and then there was some other characters that would just disappear, uh, which I guess Guardian was one of them because you know Guardian like goes down into the ground and then pops back out. Uh, so <laughs> apparently if you skipped special three while guardian was underground he didn't come back out and so there would just be like a yellow circle on the ground so you could tell where he was but you couldn't see his character model anymore uh but you could still hit people and stuff so like it looked like he was you know a mole or something uh so that was fun uh so last night i noticed that the special three skip button is gone so i guess they're trying to to work out the kinks in that but the new beta features are also out uh so the new enhanced fight screen is available uh if you haven't seen it and you don't know why you aren't seeing it if you go to your options menu there's a place where you can check this box that says enable beta features and i would encourage you to do that at least for a little bit just to try it out it's really neat david have you seen that yet no, I haven't. So but I've, it's really cool. I haven't even tried anything in EQ oh, okay. yet. I've just been yeah. yeah. It's really neat. Like it gives you a lot of stuff that I've always wanted the game to give you as far as like mm-hmm. what what sources damage is coming from and like longest right. combos and biggest combo and like biggest hit and all the stuff that they give in like the monthly summary if you're enabled the emails or whatever. A lot of that is in the mm-hmm. fight screen now, and it's really neat. Uh, and it actually led to me doing something that we'll talk about here in a little bit when we talk about last month's side quest. But but I did it based on something I saw on that fight screen, so that was pretty neat. So if you log into the game, you get a free uh, Icarus and Cersei uh, three stars. You you get what you need. You get both of them because you need them for this month's side quest. Uh, mm-hmm. because there are solo objectives that are based on using Icarus and Cersei. And I have not used Cersei that much yet, but I have used Icarus, and he's fun. <laughs> he's a lot of fun. Last night I was doing the easiest difficulty of the side quest, because you can run it with him, because it's not that hard. <laughs> At one point, I had like 48 incinerates stacked up on somebody. It was ridiculous. So <laughs> he's he's super fun. I haven't used Cersei as much yet because I don't have her ranked up as high as I do Icarus. Uh, What's up, everybody? It's Pastor Coco. Unfortunately, we had some difficulty with David's audio this week, so we lost the last 20 or 30 minutes of his side of the conversation. 
So we're going to cut it off here. I will probably come on and give our farewells and our prayer. Uh, and we'll try again next week. Thanks for understanding. Alrighty, so uh, we lost David's recording, but we will wrap up for this week. Know that we love you. Know that if you need to reach out and talk to somebody, we are here for you. Please reach out to us. You can find us on social media at Pastor Coco 2 and at Sinister Minister without the E's or at Pastors Assemble. You know where to find us, anchor.fm slash Pastors Assemble. And then on the blog, on YouTube, which I haven't put the last couple of episodes up on YouTube. I need to get those done. But we love you. Uh, we're here for you. We love chatting about nerdy stuff with you. But if you need to talk to us about life or about whatever, just reach out to us. We're here for you. I'm going to pray and we'll get out of here. So Father God, we just thank you so much for this time. And even through technical difficulties and anything like that, we we know that you are here and we know that we are thankful for your presence. We pray that you be with those that listen to this show. You be with those that we interact with, that we would share the love of Christ with them as we discuss these things that we all love this game that we enjoy, these books and movies that we watch and read. And we thank you for the ability to be able to do that and share with our friends and family. And we just ask that we would honor you by doing so. In your gracious name we pray. Amen. Farewell, and we will catch up with all of you next week. Peace out.